everybody welcome to the yam bar podcast my name is brian barcello host of this episode today's guest radio show host of donnie d soul sundays podcast host of donnie d words of wisdom and tv show host of behind the curtains this man is also an author two books one of them single mother's guide to raising black boys and he has a new book out, and that was entitled From Crack to Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Franklin Donnie D. Lewis. Yeah, hey, what's up, Donnie hey, D? Hey, <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah, I just man. want to say one thing to all the people watching it. Wear the mask when you're outside and social distance. But That's I'm true. here by myself. So. That's right. Me too, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, that's right, y'all. Wear those masks and practice social distancing. Exactly. Better safe than sorry. It's, mm-hmm. it's over here. <laughs> there we go. Woo! Donnie D, once yes. again, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Matter of fact, this is a return visit from you. How long yes, has it been, is, man? This is round two, and since the last time... Yeah. I talk to you a lot of, some, some things have happened. You know, we, we moving and grooving. <laughs> That's what's happening. And check yeah. this out. Your books, I mean, God, I don't know where to start with you because you do so many things. But your book, ah, Single Mother's Guide to Raising Black Boys. want folks to know, book is thin. But if you check out the um, table of contents, it is chalk-packed full of information in here. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing I couldn't help to notice because it's like near and dear to my heart, um, the style of books, the way they're written. You know, um, not everybody can write a book. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can try. But yeah. the, way, yeah, yeah, the way your book is written, it makes it an easy read. Not saying the words are small or anything like that. It's just written in a nice way that's very comfortable to read. I kind of like, like some books that I read are like pedaling a bicycle up a steep hill. Right. Your right, book right. is so easy to read. It's like coasting. You can kick your legs out and just ride. And I love this. What prompted you to write this book, Donnie D? Well, you know, basically... And thank you, and thank you for the easy read, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, uh, I um, worked a lot in the school district, and I had private clients, and one mother, she's a, a Jewish lady, and she had a black, a black son, mm-hmm. and he was all doing all kinds of things, she's calling me, I'm telling what do I do, what do I do, uh-huh. and uh, God put this on me, he said, write a book, and me coming from a, a single mother with five kids, and me being the the baddest of all five, you know, uh, I decided to write this book, and I, I call it a guide because mm-hmm. it's it's not a magic wand mm-hmm. to make everything right. But for some parents, they don't know these things. Now, like right now, people are talking about, uh, and, and and white Americans getting hip to it. Mm-hmm. What we have to tell our sons when driving down the street or in public if they get stopped by the police. Mm-hmm. You know, like hands where you can be seen, mm-hmm. you know, no sudden moves, yes sir, no sir. That's the stuff that we have to tell our kids. And that's mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I put in the book. Yeah, you know, man. Just simple stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, been. let the parents know, mm-hmm. to tell your kids, I mean, you can't make them dress a certain way, but give them some role models and on how to dress, how to act. Find someone in, in the family if they're, if they're a single mother. They're going to be a surrogate father. Mm-hmm. You know, they can... You know, I had two of them. One wasn't that great, as I'll tell you in the book, mm-hmm. and one was. So, you know, these young men need someone that they can look to to see that's not just gangbanging or selling dope. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's doing positive things. Mm-hmm. And like I used to tell my students, you know, you can dress nice and still be cool, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Now check this out, Donnie D. <clears throat> I want to um, like last time when you were on the podcast, we primarily focused on 
the entertainment part about you know your shows, your radio show and talk show stuff. Um, today, I wanted to go a little bit more into the books, and I think I came up with a cool way to go about this. Let me show you okay. the idea. Now, if you like it, we can roll with it because um, your book is very important. Has lots of good information, and want to make sure. Even if people don't happen to get your book, I encourage everybody to do so. Um, but even if they don't, they'll get some good insight from um, from the way I'm thinking about doing this. What I want to do, right, is um, you got your chapters listed here in the table of contents, and what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna just go through the chapters real quick. Okay. And when something that you want to touch on, just stop me at that chapter and maybe elaborate some. Okay. Cool. Want to try that? All right. Let's do that. All right. Now, in the table of contents, first thing you have here is um, in the beginning to toddler. Then you have toddler, preschool development, sensitivity, interview one, happy Mother Father's Day. Okay. Let's stop right there. Happy Mother's Father's Day. That's interesting. I have a, 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 two daughters and one of them. She had a uh, earth my granddaughter and when she was at the age of 17 and um, I was basically the father to my granddaughter but on Father's Day I was with them and my daughter's phone kept ringing and she and she said I said well, why are you phone so hot you said people calling me saying you know doing a good job I said this was Father's Day she said no well you know I'm, I'm the mother and the father, and you're the father. But I play two roles. And I said, you know what? She's right. Same thing my mother had to do. Mm -hmm. So happy Mother's Father's Day. That's because the mothers have a dual role to play. Not saying that they can be the man. Mm -hmm. And the man, the father can't be replaced totally. Mm -hmm. But the mother has to do a whole lot of things, which my mother had to do. So, yeah, that's happy Mother's Father's Day. That's what's up. All right, let's continue that one. Thank you. Now we have um, touched on it a little bit. You have um, role models, surrogate fathers. Okay, let's hit those two. Okay. <clears throat> role models, I think I just hit on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, um, someone that can be in, the, in your son's life, if it's a, a, a uncle, if it's a, 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 a brother, someone in the family or in the community that are doing positive things. Now, you can't just pick anybody. We already know that. Mm -hmm. But you got to pick out someone that will be a part of your son's life, even if it's the football coach. Right. Uh, you know, you have your kid in sports. Mm -hmm. You know. Now, that's part of role models and it's part of surrogate fathers because that bad person has to play that role. Mm -hmm. I played the role of a surrogate father mm -hmm. for maybe 10 different individuals when they were young, these young men are grown now, mm -hmm. and I still hear from them, hey, Frank, how you doing? What's going on? You know, but like the individual who was uh, black and, and um, Jewish, he knew nothing of the black experience. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, he lived with his mother and was lived with her parents, all, all Jewish. Mm -hmm. Mother's a doctor. The aunt was a judge. I mean, great family. Right. You know, educated family. Mm -hmm. But he knew nothing, nothing of the black experience. So I started, when I worked with him, you know, I'd pick him up and we did different little trainings. And I'd teach him how to use the phone, do this, how to shop. But I also took him to L.A., the South Central. Mm -hmm. Let him hear, get in my car and hear some jazz, some soul, some blues, some gospel, some mm -hmm. funk. You know what I'm saying? And showing him the neighborhood. Stopped off at uh, Popeye's Chicken. He never had nothing. Right? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, so basically that's what I was, a surrogate father and mm -hmm. a role model. Tried to be the real best role model I could be. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. Yeah, you know, yeah but. <laughs> Understood. All right, thank you. Let's see. Ah, we have um, Miss G. Education, special education, and your son, knowing the okay, law. Oops, I'm sorry. Let's get Miss G in special education. Okay. Those two kind of go together. Mm -hmm. I worked with a young man, and uh, he was raised by his aunt, mm -hmm. his father's mother. And uh, her, her name started with a G, Green, Miss Green. 
And Miss Green was highly educated, very successful. And uh, she was a married woman and she took her nephew in. Now, she spoiled him rotten, mm -hmm. but she was on top of things because he was in special ed. Mm -hmm. And there was things that special ed would do and they're not really good for your son, especially a black son. Ooh. I always tell parents, you go to the IEPs, you know, the individual education plan, and sit down and make sure that your son is getting sent in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So she did all of that. If there was, she showed up every meeting, if there was something she didn't like, she was there to, to talk about it. Now when she would come for a teacher conference, <laughs> they always wanted me to be there, mm -hmm. you know. But I, after a while, I was on her side. I mean, ah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm now, on her side. Now, what what, what um what caused you to um, perhaps not to be on her side? Was it her mannerism, how she went about things at well, first? At first, I thought yeah. At first, I thought she was just a little tough. And then for a minute, for a while, I was thinking, hey, this is my job. And the principal's gonna be after me, mm -hmm. you know. Then I say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's my job to make sure that these young black males are getting the proper guidance, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, come to find out, principals and counselors respected me more for stepping up to the plate. And Ms. G did too. And the special ed program. Now, we, special education. When I first started in special education, mm -hmm. It might have, the classroom was maybe eight, nine students. Mm -hmm. Seven or six of those students would be black males. Mm -hmm. The other two, mm -hmm. one might be a black female and one a Spanish kid. Mm. That's how it rolled, man. <clears throat> now, I've come to find out what I found out was mm -hmm. if a teacher was having a problem with a kid in a regular, so-called regular classroom, mm -hmm. she would call um, for the psychologist to come in and uh, do an evaluation on it. So the first thing they say, well, I can't deal with it. Well, he needs to be in special education. He's a behavioral problem. He needs special ed. No, 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 no. We had a kid that was in special ed, but he would always get A's on his test, fly through. So we said, oh, hey, you know, he needs, why is he in here? Mm -hmm. There's no behavior problem, ain't nothing but to tell him to sit his butt down, mm -hmm. you know, and be strong with it. <laughs> right. You know, but anyway, we had to reevaluate it. This time it was my black psychologist. Mm -hmm. He found the kid tested out as a, a, a not genius, but um, can't think of the word right now, but he tested out very high. Mm -hmm. Gifted, that's what it was, gifted. <clears throat> And for three or four years, this kid was in special ed, where he should have been in gifted classes. Wow. And we did discover that he'd have been down the wrong path in that pipeline from schools to the prisons, you know. How often um, the killer sons go by, whoever they yeah. are. <laughs> How often do you think something like that happens in our schools? Is that like, um, you know, if something happens occasionally, or you think it happens a lot in school? You know how they talk about systematic racism? You know, that, this education, that's part of it. You know, when I look in these special ed classes and all I see, now there's a lot more brown students in there. Mm -hmm. But you see nothing but black and brown students in these classes? There's a reason for that. You know? Whoa. You know, a lot of these cats, they get in those classes, and then they get lazy, mm -hmm. and they think, oh, also, all I got to do is this to get by. I don't need to put it up 100%. Mm -hmm. So when it's time to graduate, they kicked out onto the street. They have no great education. There's no college involved for them. They just turn out, and next thing you know, a lot of times, when they're doing that, they get involved with the wrong uh, company. Get around with Bloods and Crips, that's what we have out here. Right. And then it's heading towards, uh, you know, I used to tell those students mm -hmm. that they got a bed for you. They've got what they call these prisons for profit. Only mm -hmm. way they survive is filling those beds. Right. You think they're going to Beverly Hills to fill those beds? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> they come to your neighborhood in South Central 
-hmm. and that's where the arrest is going to go. Mm -hmm. You go to jail, the first thing they're going to do is want to plea bargain with you. Right. And that's the first thing they always do is plea bargain. Mm -hmm. So plea bargain, you're locked in. Okay, instead of 10 years for uh, stealing that pizza, right. we're going to give you three. Wow. What do you want? <laughs> or if you go to jury trial and you're found guilty, you're going to do the whole 10. You want to take that chance. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, I'll take the three. Mm -hmm. Both. That's how it goes. And that's how they keep me Yeah, I read about that. Um, damn, I don't know if it was St. Louis or whoever, but um, they um, went for the um, the private prison. I think one of the, the conditions was that the state had to agree to keep a 90% occupancy rate. Like 90%. And then they get penalized if they don't. So like you're saying, yeah. that encourages them to go out there and find people to put in their prisons. And like you said, they're not going to Beverly Hills for that. They're going to no, go right to the hood. No. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times, the uh, local police departments, they're all a part of this of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we get arrested for the size of the 13% of us in this nation. We're like 40-something percent of the people locked up. Mm. You know, don't make no sense. It doesn't. So, you know, definitely disproportionate. That's where it goes, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, all right, let's let's continue. Let's we still have um a few more. Let's go through them, and I still got some questions with a fan question and two thrown in there. Okay. All right. So let's see. We went to Miss G. Went to education, special education, and your son. Knowing the law, did you want to touch on that any? I know you did already a little, this but touch yeah. on the law. Yeah, you need you need to know the law as a parent. You need to know where the local police station is. You need to know who's the captain in charge of that police station. You need to let yourself be known. You need to let them know who you and your family are. Mm -hmm. And you need to know what the law is. You know, they can't pull you over and say, you know, they use that probable cause thing all the oh, time. Yeah. You know, okay, you look like you've been smoking weed. Mm -hmm. And I'm searching your car. And I do have permission. They start going through the car. Mm -hmm. And see, when I was coming up, they would pull out, they have some red devils or some other kind of drugs in me. Go pull it, go up, put it under your seat while they're searching, and then pull it out and say, "Oh, look what I found here, Frank mm -hmm. Lewis." <laughs> so yeah. you have to, you have to know the law as far as that search, searching goes. You know, and, and then it goes into where you know you tell your son how to behave. But you know, just know the local uh, penal code. That's what mm -hmm. I said. Now, what song, what do you think is the best um, source for people or an easy source to find these laws that they may need? Is there perhaps a site somewhere that you may know of that's particularly for black folks where, you know, the laws are condensed, you need to know this, this, this. Is there anything like that you know of? Well, I would just Google up a, a penal code for the city of Pasadena. Mm -hmm. I would look at uh, uh, laws for the state of California mm -hmm. since I'm here in California. Right. And... Uh, you know, go over through some of that, mm -hmm. and uh, if you can, print it up. Right. Make your son or daughter uh, do a homework assignment. Yeah, memorize that. Mess. Memorize yeah. this. Yeah, you're right. You know? it, it can save their life. It really can. Yeah, it can. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, let's see. Ah, okay, right after knowing the law, you got, um, what up? Um, overcompensating. Oh, I love that one. Ooh, all right. Over You know, a lot of single parents, mm -hmm. like I was getting into Miss G, they overcompensate. Okay, uh, because they feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I'm a single parent. Your daddy ain't here. You want those new Nikes? You want that new Xbox? You know, it might be getting D's and F's. Or what, you know, it might be tearing up the house. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but whatever you want, whatever he wants, I'm going to buy it for him. Mm. And that's not good. How because come? in real life, that's not going to happen. How come? Don't we want the kids to have the best of everything and all of that stuff? Yeah, we want the kids to have the best of everything. Mm -hmm. But you got to earn it. Oh. You got to be able to, you know, I had a situation in my family. I was the bad parent. My wife was the good one. Bad cop, good cop. <laughs> okay, you know? okay. My daughter come home with some D's and C's. But she get a new pager. That was pagers back in the day. Right. And I take it. Oh, no, 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 no. No. So, you know, 
and but you but you can and then overcompensating also brings in to the fact where your son can do no wrong. Whatever if the school calls up and say he snatched a little girl by the by the, the picture on the butt butt. Right. Oh no he didn't. <clears throat> no my son would never do that. No, you can't if your son does a certain thing, admit to it, correct the problem, because when he gets in the streets, police don't give a dang if you special education or what you are. Right. You might get a beat down. So you gotta that overcompensate only hurts them in the long run. Then you have men boys growing up, the men looking for a wife or girlfriend that will treat them like mama did. It's oh. not being stepping up to the plate being a man. Mm-hmm. Once a woman is going to work and will go to work while he's sitting on smoking weed playing games with his boy. Right. You know, and that's not the kind of man we need in our community. Okay. That's just my opinion. No, 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 I understand. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, let me see. Knowing the law what up overcompensation to be young, gifted and black. Friend, foe, or parent? Okay, let's get down. Okay. And that sort of ties in with the um, overcompensating a little bit because, you know, a lot of parents, when they feel guilty, they want to be your, I want to be my son's friend. I, I, I want to be his friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want I want to be your friend. I want to hang out with you and your friend. I'm going to smoke weed with you and your boys. I want, and... and that's then of the foe. The foe, are you always just the demon, the bad, mad, mad parent because daddy left you and son looked just like daddy. So I'm on your butt all day long. Oh. You know, that can happen too. Wow. So there's, you know, the friend, the foe, and the real parent. Wow. <clears throat> so let's see. So I've heard things like this before. Um, Parents, um, yeah, like you said, being more, trying to be more like a friend instead of a parent. You know, being perhaps too permissive instead of saying like, "Hey, you can't do this, or you shouldn't do that." Right. Yeah, that that can ruin the kid. That's for sure and stuff. Um, wow. Let's see what else you got out here. You got some good stuff here, Donnie D. Um, Wall Street. Wait a minute, that did say Wall Street. Okay. Right. Yeah, so well, let me just. I'm sorry. Let go me ahead. Sit down for a quick minute. Okay. You know, Wall Street, big business, makes a lot of money off the black community. Oh, really? We're the number one consumers in this country. Consumers. We spend enough money in this country more than a whole lot of nations. Mm -hmm. Just the black community, 13% of this nation. Wow. So when you look at uh, things such as Jordans, Mm -hmm. iPhones, the things that we have, our kids are programmed into thinking they need, right. and they market this stuff to us. Mm-hmm. Turn on the TV, you know, you see black dudes, just black dudes, hold the iPhone up. Or it's just like in the movies. That's all big business. I remember a uh, movie, American Gangster, mm. with uh, what's um, Denzel Spike? Who was Denzel. Yeah. <clears throat> now, if I, you know, most movies are at the theaters for maybe a week or two mm-hmm. at the long. Right. Maggie Gangster was at the movies for over two, a month and a half Ooh. in my community. They wanted everybody to see this dope dealing black man. You know, mm. that's the big business controlling what us kids see and kind of brainwashing. I remember the movie Superfly. Oh, yeah. I went to the movies to see Superfly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had a low rider Camaro. Oh, cool. When I pulled out the theater, I thought I was driving the El Dorado. <laughs> I'm reading it, and I want some cocaine. Oh man! You know? Uh huh. Wow. Speaking of cocaine, we're getting closer to your other book. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that was almost a segue. Almost a segue. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Now let me see. We're getting down to it. Um, let me see. We um, have rice of passage. It's a process. I don't know my daddy. Um, yeah, uh, kept let's kid- okay. Let's for a minute. All right. Uh, I think that all kids should know their father 
regardless of the relationship that the mother and father have. Right. I even say if the father's incarcerated, mm -hmm. take his son to see him so he knows who his father is, mm -hmm. he knows where his father's at, mm -hmm. and he knows that that's someplace he don't want to go. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and the reality of it. So, um, so dad can still teach from yeah, prison. Yeah, daddy won't yeah. always be locked mm -hmm. up, hopefully. Yeah. So you need, you know, let them, let him know, and then hopefully, when father gets out, he can let you know deal mm -hmm. with his son, and his son will know him. Right. You know. So yeah. You got to know. You got to know. Understood. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't met mine yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I know what you're saying. I understand. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Let's see what else we got here. Um, it's a process. I don't know my daddy went that one. Um, a kept kid, sad woman, interview WB2. WB dash two, I think. Let's, Let, let's go back to sad woman. Okay. I knew it. I used to walk around the Rose Bowl here in Pasadena. I know all you guys learned of the Rose Bowl. <laughs> but anyway, I used to walk around the Rose Bowl. It's like three miles and hundreds of people walking every day. Mm -hmm. It's a known place. Anyway, I knew the sister that used to walk it all the time. And when I was here, she always looked so sad. And uh, I, used to, I always asked her, what's the matter? What's... She was looking for a husband. She wanted to start a family. Ooh. And I, when I saw that, I had to write that and throw it in the book, you know, whether it dealt with, you know, the title of the book or not. But there's a lot of sad lay women out there that are looking for husbands and will settle for anything and have babies by guys that really ain't about nothing. Uh -huh. So, and I, and I, you know, I have to tell my own daughter. Mm -hmm. about that same subject, mm -hmm. you know. Having babies is a very serious thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you just don't have the kid to keep a relationship. That ain't going to keep a man over. Mm -mm. You know, that's not going to keep him. Mm -mm. And you can't just because you're looking and you're sad and you think that you need somebody, hold on to that right person. Come to, you got to put the right person in your life, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. I think we got a few more here. Oh, you know better than I do. You know the chapters. <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> Let me see. Okay. Little line. <laughs> All right. So we have um, the interview B WB2. Then it says flashback. Then another chapter is about double mom. Then we have twins, adoption. Bullying. Twins. Let's say twins. Twins. Okay. Okay. There's a, you know, some of those interviews and, and, and are just with different single mothers. Mm -hmm. And twins is an interview with the single mother that happened to live next door to me. She was a single mom. She had two twins. She had a set of twins. Okay. One was a boy, one was a girl. She raised those kids by herself. And just going to make it quick and short. Her daughter is now the mayor of Compton, California. Oh. Her son went on and played pro football, is now coaching, I think, at Wisconsin University. But it can be done. Yeah, That's man. That's what I'm trying to say. The mayor of Compton right now was my next-door neighbor, raised by a single mom. Wow. Now, that's done. what's up. Now, Donnie yeah. D., I know we're only speculating. There's probably no way to know for sure. But suppose... Say she did have a man around, and you know, dad was at home. Do you think things would have turned out differently for the children? They probably wouldn't have went on to become mayor and football players or whatever. I don't think it would have because mama put out a lot of strength in that situation. Mm -hmm. Now, it's always good to have two parents. My kids grew up with two of us, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it's always good. But uh, this was for the single moms that are out there, I want you to know that you can do it. Your kids can be successful. This is an example right here. That's you what's know. up. Yeah, that's and a great example. <laughs> it sure true. is. Let me see. Yeah. And then we had um, adoption, bushed, mom, yes, you can, and images. And you kind of did mom, yes, you can there, but go ahead. Um, was any of those that you wanted to touch on? Well, 
if I correct Adoption. You, I What's up with that? Is that what but, I'm thinking it is? Well, Instead of trying to raise the kid, um, have somebody you know, else raise it? A lot of times, black kids are put up for adoption. There are a lot of times they're put in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, we do a show every other week on the foster care system. Oh. And I have, I have uh, people that are very involved with it. They come on and discuss it, you know, mm -hmm. nationwide. But a lot of our kids end up in the foster care system, end up get being adopted. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in adoption, they can give with people that are not really the best. And a lot of times money will get these, you know, these, these parents. Mm -hmm. They come in like they're at the pet store Ooh. and pick out which one they want. Mm -hmm. I always say myself, if you feel as if you need to adopt your kid out, please find a family member that will, you can adopt them to before you, you go to foster care. And, and it's not always the parents' fault the kids get put in foster care. Mm -hmm. You know, kid can fall down and break his, break his leg and go to school. And, you know, we, we, we have to designate the uh, reporters. And, 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 and you report, oh, we got this big, Black guy where it fell down in Vegas, or uh, I have to report that. A lot of times, uh, Department of Social Services will come in and take those kids because bus care system just like the prison system. They oh, really? Those beds full too. Oh. You know, it's the multi-million dollar industry, also. Wow. And then when they get out the foster care, they just trip, graduate over to the penitentiary. It's a vicious cycle, man. Wow. And, you know, people say, uh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Are you? No, I'm just looking at reality. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen through my experiences on working in the public school system mm -hmm. and dealing with private uh, uh, organizations. Wow, incredible. All right, thank you, Dad Dindy. Now, um, it ties in, what ties into this book, this is a great book, everybody. Make sure you get this, Single Mother's Guide to Raising Black Boys. We're going to talk about more later and where you guys can pick up this book. Get your own Amazon.com. <laughs> no shame in my game. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's what we're here for. Now, I do have some um, questions um, pertaining to that book. I kind of have them. Um, jostled all in here together but you know what I do recall what it was one thing I touched on earlier I love your writing style it made it an easy read it was enjoyable fun to read not only informative like I said it's very fun to read is that you? you you wrote this these are your words that that came well from, you know what that is called that with any writer uh-huh if you're a good writer you write what they call your voice your voice. Mm -hmm. So when I wrote this book, I wrote it in my voice as if I'm sitting here talking to you, Brian. I tried to do it that way mm -hmm. so that people can feel me and we have a communication. Might not have never met me, but they feel as if they know me and I'm talking straight to them. Mm -hmm. That's my voice. It, it yeah. felt that way, you know, now that you mention it. Now I see yeah. why, yeah. Um, yeah, it was like a conversation, like you were talking to us. Now, I read in a book, um, I they call it acknowledgments, I believe, or credits. Right. There were, um, you did receive some help as far as, um, I guess, I'm proofing it and um, encouragement. And I don't know if you would like to take the moment, you know, give a shout out to some folks that helped out with the book. Well, of course, of course, there was uh, Marsha Duran, Marsha Dees, who's, you know, my, 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 my backbone on uh, every project I do, you know, she's there. Mm -hmm. Marsha Dean did some editing and did some typing for the, most of it. My sister, Aurora Lewis, she did some editing too. Mm -hmm. She's a, uh, another author. And I give all things to my mother, Betty J. Lewis, Betty J. Mm -hmm. Because without her and watching her, how she was the captain of that vessel. She was the CEO of that company, mm -hmm. which was us. Mm -hmm. And how she directed and made all the moves. They kept us fed, kept us clothed, kept us out of jail, out of juvenile hall, and raised us in the right direction. I think wow. she did a fantastic job. And uh, I want to give that to her, too. So that's a big shout-out. That's what's up. That's, you know, <clears throat> when I was reading it, and I know how people can be. They see the title, 
They see your man. They're right. like, who is this guy, this man, he'll sit here and try to tell me how right. to raise a black boy. Well, in a sense, in the book, you answered it with your acknowledgement when you talked about your moms and stuff. You saw how it was done. I mean, you lived well, it. Right? Yeah, well, you know, what you just asked me, I got that a whole lot of times. <laughs> but but I, I, I silenced them real quickly. Mm-hmm. I just tell them, how do I know? Because my mother was a single mother. She raised five of us. Mm-hmm. Three of us were black boys. I saw she did it, so I, she taught me. I learned a lot about raising kids as a single mother, just watching her as a CEO. That's how I know. Mm-hmm. And I said, a woman could have wrote this book. But what does she know about raising black boys? And being a single, a black boy being raised by a single mother, there's things that I knew from being that son that a lot of people would have no idea uh, that wasn't raised by a single mother. So I saw it from both sides, Mm -hmm. from the son's side and from the mother's side. So, yeah, I can write that book, and I did. (laughs) That's right. And the magazine agreed with me. Right, so so there you go, guys. There's Donnie D's qualifications. You don't have to be a psychiatrist or anything. Just got to live it. Go through it. That's, That's how he knows. That's how I do. <laughs> All right. Now, let's see, um, before we get into um, your other book, let's get into some of the entertainment aspect. We can't forget that. And I okay. love it. Now, we got a rumor here going on. A real rumor. This is me starting stuff. But um, <laughs> talking to a friend, and they know what you do. They check out your show. And um, we were talking about an idea, just kicking it around. So in a sense, why we're going to put it out like this. I've heard a rumor that you're going to bring back Soul Train or something similar to it. <laughs> who told you about that? <laughs> Any truth to that, Donnie D? Or that just... Hold on, thin air or something. What's up? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. We already do the show behind the curtains. Uh-huh. It's a local um, entertainment show uh, uh, here in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. You can always go to Donnie D Soul Sundays on YouTube and watch all the episodes or go to Behind the Curtains on Facebook. But we do that show. But then I'm producing another show after this is all over. Mm-hmm. I'm an experiment. Uh-oh. With an old people soul track. Now, I've got access to some original soul train dancers. You know? Yeah, my buddy King James Brown, who does a great James Brown show. He's an ex soul train dancer. He knows several other ones. So I'm going to pull them in and pull in some people that I know that know how to dance. (laughs) And Got the style. You got to have that style and finesse, that look right. that they had on Soul Train back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, I don't want anybody to come in with Afro wigs. No. We're not going back there. Right. We're doing it as it is today. So, Grandma, Grandpa, Soul Train. <laughs> if you got a cane, you go down to Soul Train. <laughs> and then the walk you know <laughs> And then hover around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's basically, I, I haven't got it all figured out yet, uh-huh. but I've talked to the dancers, Soul Train dancers, and um, got the studio, got the cameras, man. I'm going to try it and see how it works. Oh, I definitely want to tune in to see that. Yeah, if it works, I'm going to do some more shows up. Sure, yeah. In a half an hour. Yeah. We'll have a Well, dance. yeah, you won't keep them dancing too long, Donnie D. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah, give them a break. Let me start laughing. I'm, I'm sure we probably got a lot of spunk left. They probably dance me into the floor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure like you. You have to let me know later who told you about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's cool. Um, Let me see. Okay. Oh, oh. Another crazy question and stuff. Our brains have been um, working overtime or not working at all. Depends how you look at it. Here's the next question. Why did you choose to play old school soul music? Like, why not polka? Because um, Donnie D's Polka Sundays has a great ring to it. Like, why not? <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up listening to 
soul music, and uh, my sister listened to rock. Mm -hmm. I listened to soul and funk, so I have a good blend of both. Mm -hmm. But I know the people from my generation, and uh, I started to show off basically for the people in Pomona because we had a little thing called the Soul Session out there. Uh -huh. Came on every Sunday. Because we didn't have a soul station out there. All we had was Wolfman Jack. Uh -huh. and, and, but so anyway, yeah. I played a lot of the stuff that the brother used to play mm -hmm. out there. Then it just expanded, and I just started pulling up all the old soul stuff. I tell people, you won't hear some of the stuff you're on my show. You ain't going to hear it nowhere else. <laughs> right. I don't even care if it's on a, a serious radio. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hear some of the stuff that I play. But yeah, I, I have a love for soul, old soul. And it mm -hmm. takes me back, you know, to good times, memories. And I think it would take a lot of other people back, too. Most definitely. You know, I was talk, uh, speaking with um, Mo. <laughs> and I was telling him how important your show is to me. And I don't think people, I, I don't even know if you thought about it this way, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if you did. But um, to me, it's more than music. It's, it's like part of our culture. It's a part of our life. Like around here, I don't know how you got to do it out there, but around here, whenever, unfortunately, when somebody gets shot, a lot of times they, they mourn by having drinks, pouring one out for the brother who isn't here. Now, me, the first time I ever saw that was in the movie Cooley Eye. Yeah, you, know, right. you know what I'm saying? All that music. Right. So to me, all of this ties into our history and our culture. Not saying it's right or wrong to do it, but that's just the way we roll. And you know, a lot of the things that I noticed we came from is tied in to that music back in the days. And for us to lose that music, you know, I think it's a travesty. I think it harms us. We need that connection because you know, the um, what happened, blacks, when we came over here, we lost our religion. We lost our language. We no, lost every damn thing. So, right. so the the only roots that we have, in a sense, you know, they tie back to slavery, and then this music, this beautiful music, that um, we form and stuff. And it's a shame, you know, to lose it. And it seems well, like I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh no, just to cut you off. But I have a, you know, I have a lot of different guest stars on my show from that era, sixties mm -hmm. and seventies, and I had groups like Bloodstone, Enchantment. Blue Magic, Stylistics, and some of those guys would tell me, thank you, Donnie D, you keep our music alive and you keep this music going for the other generations. Yes. You know, you know, a lot of rappers pulled off with a funk, Dr. Funk, you know, Parliament Funkadelic and James Brown and made music. Mm -hmm. But I want to save this music for generations to come. My granddaughter called me up one day recently. She was driving with her grandmother somewhere. She told me, Hey, Pappas, they call me Pappas. We're mm. listening to your kind of music. I said, what you mean my kind of music? Mm. He said, that old school. <laughs> I said, right on. That's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah, tell us, that's your music too. And yeah. you know what? When you mentioned that, um, about the music, um, let's go, we did that one. Ah, see, I'm going to save that one for your book. We'll keep that one there. And we'll keep that one there. All right. And we'll keep that one. <laughs> These are good ones. All right. Now, the Behind the um, Curtains show. Would you uh -huh. explain a little bit more in depth about exactly what is? Because you have um, the Words of Wisdom show, you have your, um, which is a podcast, like more like a talk show, right? Is that right? And then you have yeah. your radio show. Exactly what is Behind the Curtains? And then the other question is... Um, what is the show is about, and how can people get on that show? Okay, Behind the Curtains is a local, local TV show on Pasadena Media. Mm -hmm. I had my executive producer works for the school district, and he would see me at school. He knew me, and he knew about my show. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, hey, Donnie D., how would you like to bring that to TV? I said, can we start right now? <laughs> you know, that was a dream. That's so what I did, basically, when we first started it, I'd be sitting at a desk, basically like you, have somebody next to me interviewing them and talk to them about it. We had a green screen so I could throw up like a radio station inside right? and uh, interview them and maybe they do a song. Then we moved it up and grew it to where I got two or three different acts. They perform. I'd interview them. 
and move on. Now that show became most shows on Path View the Media might get shown once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. My show was getting shown 10, 12 times a week. Whoa. They were using it as fillers and regular Saturday prime time times. <laughs> Saturday mornings like Soul Track, mm -hmm. it would come on. You know, so I was number one with a bullet around there. And then other producers would come over and they'd see my guests mm -hmm. and they, you know, they would steal them. But I'm like, hey, let's share it, you know. Yeah, but, man. Now, you, you but, already um, touched on it. Um, I know it was one of the questions and got to it, but um, some of the stars, um, big name acts that you worked with um, or interviewed um, over the years. Mind running down a list of that, you know, as many as you can think of. I'm sure so many. <laughs> okay. <Excuse me. laughs> okay, thank you, everybody. Yeah, sorry I'm, I'm going to have that about 10 minutes myself to clean the lady's coming at 12, so I'm going to have to open up the door for her. But let's right. go. I've had Bloodstone, Stylistics, Blue Magic, Intel, Lakeside. Oh my God. I'm going to throw this thing out the window. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, my God, where the freaking plug after this thing? <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, let me see. Bloodstone, Lakeside, Stylistics, Blue Magic, uh, Lenny Williams, who I had recently from Tower of Power, Charles Wright, what's on the third sheet rhythm band. I've had Billy Paul. I've had, oh, sheesh, Denise LaSalle. Oh, man, it's just so many. I can't remember all of them. Wow. Bill daughter. I've had B.B. Uh, King's daughter. I've had uh interesting thing about B.B. King's daughter. She's a pastor. And she said she's the daughter of two kings. And that's oh. the title of the book. title of two, my daughter of two kings, Jesus and her father, B.B. Mm -hmm. But I've had, I'd just like to say it this way. You name them, if they've been around in the 60s and 70s, just mm -hmm. about, Mm -hmm. They know Donnie did. That's what's up. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about your show, um, I recall um, not too far from here in um, downtown, um, it was um, Friday evening. I forget, Friday, Saturday evening. We, uh, we were kind of like you guys. <clears throat> we didn't have any black radios. Excuse me again. We didn't have any black radio stations. Um, and, um, but on um, weekends, they would hook us up on Saturdays on AM radio. Late right. night, like, oh, 12, 1, 2, something like that. Right, right. Doc Perryman, Pee Wee Harris would come on. Anyway, I remember one night listening to, um, I think it was Doc Perryman. And um, One Nation Under Groove came on. Lost right. my mind the first time I ever heard it, man. Woo! Man, beautiful thing. The memories, hearing that music yeah. on the radio. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I hardly ever do. listen to radio now, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, you know yeah. what? I tell people, you know, but nowadays, you know, I, I tell people, I don't listen to him, I don't listen to FM, everything's streamed now. Right. I listen to podcasts and satellite radio, mm -hmm. but mostly podcasts, and I listen to me a lot driving down the street. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, and I do some, I do some funk, I got a lot of funk. Matter of fact, I've had can, can function on here, mm. I've had Bootsy on here. Who else from the funk era? I've had a lot of different people on. I, you know, people ask me that question. It's just like, wow. It's a hard question because I've had so many different people. But we've been doing the show for 10 years. You know what? Maybe it's easier asking who you haven't had on. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the easier you know, question. I haven't had the or Earth, Wind, and Fire. Speaking, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> speaking of which, now I know some of my questions, but um, I remember this one. When I spoke to you on your show, when we were all on, like I call it the party line, and I enjoyed yeah, that. Party, that was fantastic. Party, party, party you, now, yeah. let me tell you something. Um, the question is, um, ah, uh, it says, um, oh, I can't find it right now. But basically, what it was, can people? Or do you um, accept requests on your show? Can people call in for requests? Is that something that you do? And yeah, if so, I, how? I, I do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not like, um, excuse me. You know, a lot of shows are taped. And when people call in and ask for requests, 
Oh, Donnie D, I like to hear Temptations Cloud Nine. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, what you do is, of course, you know this, stop, go in Cloud Nine, and it sounds like I did it instantly. You know, mm-hmm. that's how much. But live radio, I can do it, and then, but it might take three or four minutes for me to go through my selection. Right. And, and I don't have everything. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, okay, what you ask for, I'm going to ask. <laughs> but yeah, I take, I take requests. I take shout-outs and dedications. Oh, wow, know. that's what's up. Now, here's the thing, right? I didn't know for sure. When it was on the phone, for some reason, it was on my mind. It's almost like I had a taste for, I had an ear for, Olivia, lost and turned out. And while oh. we were on the phone, check it out now, while we were on the phone, I'm like, damn, I want to ask him. But I said, no, nah, I don't want to put you in a position where you may have to say no, you know, or you may, you know, I didn't want to do that. You know, it might throw you off. You might have your set. You might be in a groove. So I was like, nah, I'll just, soon as the break was over, soon as you um, on the phones and you went back to spinning, you played Olivia. I was like, whoa, that was incredible. It was like oh, it's supposed wow. to be. It was like it was supposed to be. That was hey, man, incredible. This is, this, this is a God thing, man. Yeah, it's just man. like me knowing you. Uh-huh. I look at that as a God thing. I was telling uh, somebody today, I was like, you know, I've never met uh, Brian in person, but I feel like as if I've known the dude forever, you know? And that's, I, I, I give that to the most high, mm-hmm. to God, man, for relationships that I have built and made through this microphone, mm-hmm. you know, and through the, the lens of a camera, mm-hmm. people that I know mm-hmm. now. And uh, most of the people I know through doing this are good people. It's like this morning I looked up and they you that made up another flyer with me standing like that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I said, well, look at this. Man, I appreciate it because, you know, of course, I had to save it. And then I think I'm going to keep it. And then I'm like, add, you know, tonight, you know, put whatever night something's happened, soul Sunday's happened, you use that as one of my advertisements. That's what's up. <laughs> Glad you like it. Now, Donnie Dick, I tell you this and stuff before I forget. I have it written down. I want to thumb through and read it while we're talking. But um, the thing is, um, very well-spoken person already um, complimented you on how um, – easy how much of a pleasure it is to actually read your books i just love the way they're written i love your writing style so my question to you is have you considered writing um let's say a work of fiction i mean with a whole bunch of truth sprinkled in it too you know what i'm saying but have you considered writing some fiction well i have one book that i have um i'm thinking about it it's called red bone jones <laughs> okay yeah yeah, and I'm thinking about writing about Red Bone Jones. But I'm not sure. But I think Crack the Christ might be the last year for me as, that, as far as writing books. Uh-huh. You know, that's uh-huh. probably, the, that might be the end of it. But because uh-huh. I have so many other projects that I want to get into. Mm-hmm. And, you know, writing these books, like, these, Crack the Christ is a 10-year process, man. 10 years? It's probably going to be a thin book just like like this one, uh, but it might be a little thicker because it's basically a testimony. Wow. Let's get into that, man, since you brought yeah. it up and I have questions pertaining it to it, too. But um, just go on. Just take off. Describe um, what the book is about, who it's about, um, and well, so forth. Well, basically, the book is about me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I start off as a kid growing up in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then being moved to the suburbs at the age of 12 for Mona. Mm-hmm. And starting off with my first bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Then moving on to my next joint, mm-hmm. to my next pills, to my next uh, PCP, mm-hmm. to my next sniffing cocaine, the next smoking cocaine. Mm-hmm. It was all a battle. But the biggest battle for me was that cocaine addiction, that crack addiction. Mm. And uh, that had me for about five or six years. Mm. I was a functioning addict. Functioning, wow. Mm -hmm. Functioning addict. Went to work every day. Took care of my family. Mm -hmm. 
but I was a functioning addict. Mm. And once you, if you're an addict, you may think nobody knows, but your family knows. Now, um, only way I got out of that was through the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I, I went across the street, there was a Catholic church, and I'm not Catholic, but they did, their doors are always open. Right. So I went in there, got on my knees, and asked God to come into my life. He sent me to a black Baptist church up at the corner, Refuge Christian Center, mm -hmm. where they grabbed me in. And uh, little by little, chip by chip, within about six months, I was clean of crack cocaine. And it's been almost 20 years now that I've been clean from that hideous drug. Wow, congratulations. That drug, would, that drug would kill you. It has taken out some great minds. Yeah. Some great people. It has taken mamas out the house mm -hmm. and put them in the crack house where grandmothers are taking and raising these kids. And the foster care system is right. taking care of these kids. Mm -hmm. So it's my testimony from crack to Christ. Now, you said it was um, um, God um, that helped you, um, that got you off it. Um, is the same thing that kept you off it? Same thing that keeps Yes, because I still, okay, when you first, when I first started doing I was going to meetings, AA and CAB, and one of the steps is talking about finding God if you understand it. So when I found that God of my understanding, it became not just to get off the drugs. Mm -hmm. It became part of my lifestyle. You know, um, another um, question I was on. Well, your Words of Wisdom show. Touched on it just a little bit. Um, it's kind of like a podcast, kind of like a, a talk show. Um, yeah, how does Words of Wisdom differ from, you know, Behind the Curtain and um, Donnie D. Soul Sundays? How's Words okay. of Wisdom? Yeah, what type of show is that? Words of Wisdom mm -hmm. comes in two parts. Okay. One Saturday is Words of Wisdom. On the other Saturday is Words of Inspiration. Now, I'm going to start with Words of Inspiration. Okay. Words of Inspiration is an inspirational show. Mm -hmm. And Marcia Dees basically does that in. That's her baby. We have different pot, different pastors, mm -hmm. different religions. We play gospel music. And it's trying to be an uplifting show. That's now, what's up. Now, words of wisdom, right. that's me. Ah. And I'm shooting it straight from the hip. Mm -hmm. We talk politics, we talk health, and uh, the community. A lot of health. You know, I have a, a lady that comes on, and she studied under Dr. Sebi. Mm -hmm. If anyone knows Dr. Sebi was. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Sebi was murdered. He wasn't killed. Whoa. Yeah, he didn't die. He was murdered. He had too much... Big Farmer wanted him out of the way because all of his cures were natural. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so we do that, and uh, I have people that call in, and we talk. I mean, I've had Trump supporters call in. I love it when they do. Right. You know, let's talk. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, well uh, he's a great man, and he's not racist. I said, well, what about the Confederate flags? He's talking about, what about... Uh, uh, um, the statues he wants to say. What about his long record in racism? Since the part five and all the other stuff. Well, 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 well. You know. But that's good though. You have um both sides on there. They get their viewpoints across. That way, you know, people don't remain in that bubble, you know, you get to hear something different. Well and yeah. you know what, uh, mm -hmm. Brian? Sometimes when I listen to some of those cats, I learn some stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a good thing. It shows that you're receptive and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Not closed minded. That's no, good. No, no. It's like um what you were saying about um the the lady who um you know fought with the school boards or whatever and stuff, you know. At first you wasn't like really feeling her, but um, you know, you looked at it, and, you know, it shows that you can grow and change your mind. That's a good thing. Um yes. I know we're getting... on a quick minute. <laughs> okay, sure, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Hey uh, Lily, can you close that door please? Mm -hmm. There we go, thank you. All right, yeah. we're back. Yeah, I was saying time flies, man. You know, when they say when you're having fun. Now check this out. Um, before we get out of here, a couple things we right. want to do. One of them, time to pay some bills. Where can people purchase your books? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this book right here, Single Mother's Guide to Raising Black Boys, available on. There we go. 
Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Sleevers.com, or any of your local, any of your bookstore, online bookstores. Put in uh, Single Mother's Guide to Raising Black Boys. It'll pop up, mm -hmm. and it's still selling. I still get a little small royalty check. This book's been out for over nine years. Oh, wow. It's still relevant. Mm -hmm. It's still relevant. And um, from Crack to Christ, they can get that book that way also? Crack to Christ will not be out until, I'm going to give it six months. It's at the editors now. Okay. I'm self-publishing. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I get that back, I'm going to self-publish it. And uh, hopefully it'll be in the, on the same as this online bookstores. And hopefully some bookstores too. All but right. Crack to Christ is done. Mm -hmm. It took a long time to do that one, too. Wow. Well, we're looking forward to that one. We'll definitely get us a copy as soon as it comes out. Another thing, like to touch on your new song, I Can't Breathe. And who was that you was doing the song with? Okay. We have a several, couple of different versions. Mm -hmm. One version is by the guy that wrote it, Howlin' Steve Howe. Mm -hmm. I grew up with uh, him in high school. Only white guy on the block that was cool to me. Mm -hmm. And I was cool with him, and we had a lot of race riots and promoter back there. Oh. Nobody messed with Steve Al. He was a cool hippie type dude, had a lot of love, so nobody mm -hmm. bothered him. Right. But anyway, he's a great musician. Matter of fact, he wrote my my um, theme song, Donnie D. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's a funky tune. But oh, anyway, yeah. he wrote it. He asked me, could I give him some lyrics? Because he wanted to be a part of this movement. Mm -hmm. So he gave it to me. Off the top of my head, I wrote some lyrics. Then I took it to my brother, Jerome Lightning Licks Andrews. We went in the studio. We added drums, guitar, bass, synthesizer, and made another version of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, but and it's got some <laughs> some choking sounds in it too. Oh, and, uh, I see. Okay, I understand. But yeah, that's yeah. that's just. Uh, 15 different I Can't Breathe songs out right now. But, but, hey, that's but the, yeah, that's your version. That's of, ours. Yeah, we and understand. And I'm not a great singer. Yeah. But I had to put it out there, you know? Yeah, that's right. Well, it's a joyous noise unto the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, joyous noise. Now, um, okay, we're getting down to it. Um, as customary in the podcast, you know, before we end the podcast, we always like to give the guests. Final words, final say. Anything you'd like to leave us with? Any, it could be anything. Anything you just want to get off your chest, something you feel we may need to know. Or something we well, may have not... Get the mask back. I wear my mask. Okay. Wear the damn Wear the mask. mask. Yes. Wear the mask. Don't go for the hype. Mm -hmm. And also, don't let the White House get you killed. Because it's just a red today that... Uh, he was the king of, he ran for president. Mm -hmm. uh, black guy who was the guy, pizza, Godfather Pizza. What's his name? Uh, I can't think of it right now. But he was at the rally in Tulsa mm -hmm. with Trump. Mm -hmm. Nobody, no, no, no uh, distancing, no mask. Wow. He came down with coronavirus and he died today. Oh. You know, they got Louis Gomer in the Congress. Never wore a mask. He came down with it yesterday. You know, so don't let them tell you that not wearing a mask. If you wear a mask, you're against Trump. If you don't, you know, it, they politicize it. So let's, right. let's break this thing down before this whole virus takes over. It kills us, man. Right. You know? Yeah. I just and I don't say that. <clears throat> don't believe the hype. Yeah, and I really don't see what the problem is wearing a mask. I mean, it took me a while to get used to it. I keep coming back in the house to grab right, it. But right. it's not a big deal, you know. Yeah, and um, keeping distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keeping distance. You go in the store and throw the damn thing on. Okay. You know, and uh, it can keep you safe and the other people safe, too. Mm -hmm. That's oh, the only thing we got right now. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's about it. And then, then it was on one more thing. I don't know if um, the answer not. If you did, I probably missed it. Um. Um, how do people go about getting on your Behind the Curtains show? How do they audition? Okay. Well, right right now, mm -hmm. as of course all productions are down here in L.A. And right, right. But, what you know, to be on that show, you must have to be a local entertainer. 
because you have to come down to the studio, which is in Pasadena, mm -hmm. right side of Los Angeles, California. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, you know, I have one group from Las Vegas that's coming down when I, you know, but for, fortunately, mm -hmm. I'm in Los Angeles where we got down near everybody. Ah, <laughs> so yeah, there's no shortage of talent there. No, no but shortage. Donnie D. As soon as um, I don't know. As soon as the stars of universe align, I definitely want to get out there with you and stuff, and perhaps I do that show. Yeah. I want you to be on my show, and like I told you, mm -hmm. I have a Rolodex mm -hmm. of people, not just not just um, entertainers. Mm -hmm. But people like Will Kempsey that does podcasts uh, with independent artists and does technical. He's a technical geek. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? He's helped me set up stuff. But he's a jazz uh, keyboard player, too. But, I mean, I got a Rolodex. I know you do, too. <laughs> but not extensive as yours. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but I can always just give me a call, man. I'll hook you up with some people. I you appreciate got Mo you. Jones coming, right? Mo Jones, yes, we got him on book four, August 8th. Thanks to you, Donnie D. I appreciate you, you so much. much. Hey, Donnie D, I do not want to take up any more of your time. I appreciate what you um, shared with us today. Thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. I hope this isn't your last time. Love to have you back again. Brother from another mother, <laughs> yeah. you got me. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, hold on a second. Let's do the outro. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the end of another Yambar podcast. This time we had a lot of good information from a man, Franklin, Donnie D. Lewis and stuff. Everybody, as always, remember to check out our previous Yambar podcast guests. And always remember that the Yambar podcast is the place where you Make it happen. Once again, my name is Brian Barcello. Long with Franklin, Donnie D. Lewis and stuff. We out of here, y'all. Peace. Peace, y'all. Wear the mask. Yeah, man. All right, Donnie thank D. You, thank Brian. you, man. All right. Be I blessed, bro. I got to run. <laughs> I got to run. My daughter been calling me ever since we've been All home. right, man. I'll get this edited and out to us, um, out to the public as soon as possible. Thank you again. Okay. Peace, Donnie D. Be safe. Peace, brother. Thank you.